Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Love you. Thank you, Lord. We just worship you and honor you in this place, Lord. Father, we love you. Let's just take another 10, 15 seconds here. It won't hurt us a bit just to focus on him. You can shut your eyes, lift your hands to him if you want. Just let the peace of God minister to you right where you're at. Let him calm your mind down. You know, we're going to make it through this. Whatever we're, you know, we're facing things on the the national level and local level. And sometimes in families and just situations, sometimes the things that are going on around us seem to heighten the things that were maybe not being dealt with in front of us. And then those things rise up and we realize, oh, there's something here that I didn't realize was here. But let's just receive the peace of God right now. Father, I do. I just, I just ask you, touch every body, every mind, those online. I speak peace over you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive the peace of God where you're at. Realize the vision that the Lord has for you is one of life and life more abundantly. And that the situation that you're in, whether it be a fear from the, from the COVID-19 thing or something else. Something else is trying to harass you. Realize this. Your God is bigger. He is stronger. He is greater. And he said nothing is impossible with him. And nothing is impossible with those who believe. Now, I'm just going to do a little faith thing here with you, a little faith lesson. All right, I want you to, I want you to do this with me. Your tongue can actually lead your heart and lead your be- belief system. So say this, say this with me. Say, I believe, I believe in, the in the impossible because with God, there's nothing impossible. We overcome by the power of God. I don't have to be the strength. I do not have to be the peace. He is my strength. He is my peace. So Satan, I speak to you. Demonic activity, I speak to you. I am submitted to the word of God. And I resist you. In the name of Jesus. Flee. (laughs) Now, I hear this. I hear this inside of me. I hear this Lord saying, sleep tonight. I command you to sleep in the name of Jesus. Rest. And I I hear that. I hear this. uh, This is what I hear in my heart. Just I don't not out here audibly, but just in my spirit. I hear I hear this this phrase Uh, being said by somebody or maybe they're online maybe they're here I don't know but this is the phrase that's coming you don't know how bad it is and I hear the Lord saying focus on how big I am and how bad it is will diminish because if you focus on that problem you'll magnify it but if you magnify the Lord you'll focus you'll bring into focus and into an actual size of how big your deliverance is and the power that's behind it. So say it with me. Say, I will not fear. I have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. <laughs> Amen.
Alleluia. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to your people. Thank you, Lord, for ministering by your anointing, the peace of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that this peace rests in the, it guards each one's heart and mind. Their heart and their mind. And it is outside the realm of understanding. Thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. All right, let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. You know, uh, we're going to come out perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Amen? So we're, t- we're talking about ministering spirits, and I'm excited now because we've gotten through all the kind of the foundational stuff that I wanted to, and we're going to start getting into uh, the operation of angels and then looking into, first we're going to talk about tonight how to cooperate with them, but um, in the covenant, but we're going to get into uh, even what they can do uh, in the next two weeks, which will be good. Hebrews chapter 1, this is kind of our golden text, and I'm going to actually read verse 13 and 14, but let's just pray and agree together again just for the exact right way to say things, you know, because sometimes spiritual things, it's not that it's not that they're, they can be difficult to express in the natural because we're so naturally minded. So I'm believing God for just the right words to, to, to be able to help your mind uh, unlock the reality of the spirit in that, in that realm and what's taking place um, so that we can see it clearly uh, and be able to, because seeing, how many know seeing something clearly helps you function better that way? How many have experienced that in your life? You didn't have knowledge in there, you start to get knowledge on it, and you're like, oh, I get it. Or we, we say things like, I see it. The light turns on, right? So uh, it's the same way in the spirit. Um, we're designed that way. The world did not figure the, the system of the mind out. Um, God knew it ahead of time, and then he revealed it to them. So Hebrews chapter 1, verse 13, let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, I am trusting in the utterance that you give us, Lord, truths here that will help us function in your kingdom and function with your kingdom and the covenant that we have with you to have a manifestation of the fullness of your kingdom here on earth, in this church, in your people individually, in this church corporately, and in the region that we're called to affect, the portion of the world that we're called to affect. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're our teacher. I yield myself to you. Speak through me as you would. And uh, uh, give me utterance and boldness to speak the truth in love. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 13 says this. But to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Verse 14. Are they not all what? Ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. Um, I just want to go over just a couple of things before we get into the first point, just in review of what we've looked at. We need to ask ourselves the question, why would it be important to understand this subject of angels? 
The reason is it is important to understand this subject so that we do not get deceived when spectacular manifestations happen in the church. And, and by, okay, so don't just think in the building, okay? This, we have to change this thinking. In the church, you know, the early church didn't really have their own buildings initially. You know, they didn't. Uh, they met in homes. They, they did meet in, in the temple and stuff like that. But they, they were scattered all over because of persecution. And because, uh, well, mainly because of persecution. But in the church. So in the church as a whole. So every, every uh, book that you read, every uh, you know, uh, Facebook post you read, every testimony that somebody gives about an encounter with an angel, you're not looking at it from a critical heart going, oh, I don't believe in those things. But you're assessing, judging it according to the word of God, seeing, okay, is this, was, was this an angel of the Lord or was this an angel of the enemy, a fallen angel? Because uh, both can appear or, or, you know, angels from the Lord either appear as a man or they do appear in light. But even angels, as far as fallen angels, demons, they can appear as angels of light. You say, how? You got me. You know, we haven't scientifically figured that out yet, <laughs> which we probably never will. I mean, at least this side of <laughs> eternity. So, so I guess my point in that is, is that we want to be able to understand these things. Not, we're not gathering evidence against the spectacular. I need to say this again, because sometimes we can, you know, uh, I've noticed this through the years, not only in myself, but then also in ministries, in, in teaching of the word and stuff like that. If we get too critical in our mind towards spectacular things, we'll shut off a whole portion of the scripture. That's a legitimate manifestation of what is given to us from the scriptures, if we go too far on the side of experience, we, people can get so infatuated with manifestation and reading about those things that they, they sometimes inadvertently, uh, I think that's probably most of the time the case, they can get, they shut themselves off from the balance of the word. Okay? So neither one is, we, we go 100% this way or 100% that, we have to live in this place called balance. I mean, forever and a day, we are, we are always living in the tension of the middle of the road here on earth. Where there is a pull one way or the other at all times. How many have noticed that? Okay. And, it's, and people say, well, I wish, you know, I wish just, you know, people say, could you, they used to ask Brother Hagen, I've never had him ask me this, so apparently the teaching settled in enough to people quit asking. But, you know, they would pray, they would ask Brother Hagen to pray that uh, the, the devil would leave them alone. Well, we could pray that you die, because that's the option, which wouldn't work anyway. You know what I mean? You can't go, God, kill him now. You know what I mean? It's just not going to happen, okay? So what, what's the answer? The Bible doesn't say, pray that the devil will go away. The Bible says, realize that you and all your brethren are subject to the same temptations. See, that's not the verse your flesh wants to hear. It wants to find the secret sauce that makes the devil no longer exist. Well, we don't get that here, 
okay? But we do have authority over him, and we get the opportunity to resist steadfast in the what? In the faith, right? So we don't, don't get it out of your mind. You, people say, well, I'm just so tired. Okay, that means you're probably focusing on something you shouldn't. You need to, and everybody is susceptible to being tired. I'm not saying there's no such thing as not of being not tired. I understand that. I understand that you can be tired. But when you're full of the Spirit and full of the Word, that tired will be eliminated. And a lot of times what I've found is people's minds are not under control. They do not have their minds under control. They don't have them under control. And you're saying, well, I can't control my mind. That's a lie. The Lord said you could. You know, years ago, I was listening to a guy, and he was, he was uh, talking about how he ministered to a lady who had severe mental problems. In fact, she was in and out of insane asylums. And uh, I, I suppose they don't call them that anymore. What do they call them? <laughs> they still call them insane asylums. Uh, mental health uh, something or other. Hospitals or rehabilitation, yes. Much nicer terms. Same demon, though, by the way, just so you know. Um, not the hospital. <laughs> what the people are dealing with, I better clarify that. Preacher calls mental hospitals demons. No, um, that's not what I'm saying. I know there's a lot of good help that goes on in, in the medical field for what they know. Um, but anyway, this, this, this lady was speaking to this minister, and he said, what you need to do is start meditating on the Word. Start thinking about something else. And she said, she said, that's impossible. And, and he, said, he said to her, he looked at her and he said, you're already thinking about something. So think of your mind like your stomach. Okay? Got it in your mind? Think of it this way. Whatever you put in it, your body, just like your stomach, will draw the nutrients from. Same with your soul. Whatever you put in it, people say, well, I don't, I don't know how I got into this condition. Well, you may not know now how you got there, but you've developed the pattern of worry over years. And so what you need to do is change the process Start feeding on the word. People say, well, I, I read those scriptures and it didn't work. No. Nope. you got to think in terms of the word is a seed. Do you plant a seed in the ground and the next minute you have a harvest? Everything that you have in that mind of yours has been seeded, whether good or bad. And then it gets watered by meditating on it. So if you uproot the junk and seed the word, it will change the pattern of thought. It'll change the repetition, the meditation that's in your mind. And uh, the Lord told Joshua in the Old Testament, if he'd meditate day and night, he'd make his way successful and prosperous and he'd have good success. So, And you will too. You'll have such peace, people will wonder what's wrong with you. Such peace that people go, you're not afraid to die? No. No, why? I already died once. That was enough. You say, how? Because it's no longer I who lives. <laughs> but Christ who lives in me. 
See, now you say that, and, and Christians even will call you crazy. Man, I wish they'd read their Bible and believe it. Let me, let me challenge you with this. If you're struggling in the area of uh, mental, the mental frustration, torment, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if I want to use that word, but it feels like cobwebs. If you're struggling in that area, find one scripture that talks about peace of mind. It could be, you know, the one we quoted. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Say it all day long. And over, and over, and over, and over. What did Peter say? He said, I'm just going to write this down so that it's repetition. He said, it's not really any big deal to me for me to say the same thing to you. And then he said, it's needful for you that I do it. You need to say it over and over and over. I know uh, Heidi mentioned it with Susan on Mother's Day this, this past Sunday. She'd put scriptures on the wall. I don't get, I mean, we got to get back to some of this stuff. People have, have gotten away from it. Put it on your mirrors, get three by five card, put it in your, you know, don't cover your speedometer unless you're a relatively good driver and you don't speed, but uh, put it in your car, have it in front of you all the time. I remember uh, uh, at your old house, uh, Susan would even, sorry, I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but above her bed, she'd have them pinned on the ceiling. <laughs> the scriptures. Why? What are you going to do when you wake up at night? And what do you see? The word. People say, well, I don't want to do that. Well, do you want to be free or not? Well, I'm just going to keep getting in prayer lines hoping it goes away. It won't. I said it won't. You've got to fight back. There, there comes a point in every believer that I've ever seen, I was sharing this with another person today on the phone, but there comes a point in every believer that I've seen that has had great levels of success, something switches on the inside of them and they, they get into, that devil is going to pay, come hell or high water. He loads a big gun, I load a bigger. He gets an army, I get a bigger one. He comes at me from this angle. I learn about that subject from the scriptures. F continually. You say, I don't know if I have that in me. You do. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one who went all through everything the devil had and stripped him. Just took it all. Why? Because he doesn't do half redemption. He doesn't do half salvation. He doesn't do a 50% salvation. He does it all. When he says it is finished, it's done. Amen. I know Josh back there doing the live stream, but he's stuck in the seat. He can't run, but he's bouncing. <laughs> so what does that have to do with my first point there? I don't know, but it was good either way. Okay. So it is important for us to understand because we do not want to be ignorant of a significant part of the unseen spiritual realm. That's why it's important to understand the ministry of angels. Angels are working on my behalf and your behalf right now. Even if you haven't activated them for you, the church has. As much as I can use my faith for you and the rest of the leadership and the rest of those that are praying and believing God for you, we will activate them as much as we can. Now, it'll go to a whole other level if you'll agree. 
That's all we're looking for. But either way, we're going to use our faith and grow and develop and conquer. So it is important for us to understand so that we are able to help others in keeping in balance biblically with angels. The most important thing about spectacular manifestations, listen, is not what we see, but rather what is being said. This is key. I actually heard Kenneth Copeland say this years ago. He, and actually, Brother Hagin mentioned it too. But you, you have people that say, well, you know, they had a vision of Jesus. You know, sometimes people ask me, do you believe in visions, angels, all these things? Absolutely. How can you read the Bible and not? I don't, I don't understand that at all. Now, I, I realize people can get out of balance in it, but it's still there and we have to function in it. We have to. It's a must. Otherwise, we cut off a significant portion of the unseen spiritual activity. But anyway, they, they were talking about, you know, if somebody said they saw a vision of, most people say, what did he look like? But the most important thing is, what did he say? What did he say? Because long after the experience leaves you and the emotion of it, the word with, that has the faith in it will help you and continue to carry you on. It'll hold you. It'll hold you. So, the important thing is not what you see, but rather what is being said. Does it line up with the Word of God? We have covered a lot of foundational information so far in this series on angels. Uh, You can catch up on those other messages on the website, which is faithfamilybillings.com if you want to go there. Now that we are children of God in covenant through the blood and body of Jesus Christ, we need to understand our role in cooperating with the ministry of angels. Last week, we wrapped up the study beginning to look at this truth, and I want to begin in the same spot tonight. So, angels operate on earth from heaven. Angels operate on earth from heaven on, and we talked about this, Jesus talked about uh, to Nathaniel, but we're going to look at it this way, on Jacob's ladder, we're going to talk about Jacob's ladder tonight. And that, or we could say on Jesus Christ, or we could say on the Word of God. So angels operate on earth. They live in heaven. Remember, we, we talked about where they dwell. But they operate on earth through or by the means of Jacob's ladder or Jesus Christ or the Word of God. And I just said the same thing three times. Okay? So now let's prove it to you. Let's prove it to you. Let's go to the Word. So John chapter 1, verse number 43. This is where uh, Philip and Nathanael are called to be disciples to Jesus. We read this last week. This is where we wrapped up. It says, John chapter 1, verse 43 says, The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Verse 44. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Verse 45, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. How did Nathanael, how did Philip know that Jesus was the son of God? By the law and the prophets. He knew by what? The word of God. Isn't that interesting? All right. So there's revelation in the word if your heart's open. 
Verse 46, and Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So he looked at it naturally. Philip said to him, come and see. You know, if you share Jesus with somebody, and they're like, oh, I don't know about that. You can just tell them, come and see. <laughs> Let God prove himself. He doesn't need your help, you know what I mean, in that sense. He's pretty good at demonstrating himself, amen? All right, so Nathanael said to him, how do you know, uh, or uh, verse 47, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. Nathanael, verse 48, Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I what? <laughs> how did he see him? <laughs> it's bigger than, I mean, that's a part of it. He is Jesus, but how did he see him? Because he's not functioning as God. Come on. Some people think I might have blasphemed right there, but I didn't. How did he know? How's he functioning? He only said and did what he heard or saw his father do. Is he God? Yes. Is he man? On the earth, was he fully anointed in all of his Godhead power while he walked the earth? The answer is no. The scripture says that he stripped himself. He laid aside his divine what? Weight and glory. And then, can I ask you something? When Jesus, we'll look at this verse, but when Jesus comes up out of the water after being baptized, what descends on him? The Holy Spirit. A dove is right. You're not wrong. He appeared as a dove. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit, why do you need to anoint God? Right? Okay. We got to think about these things because sometimes we can get in religious thinking and go, well, Jesus did all those things because he was Jesus. Jesus did all those things to show you that you could do them anointed. And then the part of God, his God side, took our sin and brought us back into righteousness with the Father. Because only God could do that. Only, no man can do that. Okay? Jesus even said himself, the works that I do shall... Oh, yeah. And what? Greater works. That is not telling you that you're going to pass Jesus. Okay, that's not, Jesus is not like, well, you know, I've been the son of God for a while. Maybe I should give somebody else, you know, a chance. That's not what it is. That's not what it is. So he says to him, he saw him. Verse 49, Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. These guys were quick to believe. Verse 50, Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. I, th- I really think Jesus was impressed with Nathaniel's faith. I think he was. I think it was. I don't think that was a question like, "You jumped the gun." Verse fifty-one. And he said to him, "Most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven what open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man." So there are three significant statements that we took a look at last week. See heaven open. This is important because this is a direct reference to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus' passion, 
His sacrifice opened heaven to mankind to be able to what? See. Okay? Open means to open like a door or a gate. We talked about this. What does a door or gate do? A door or gate separates one place from another. Think of a house. When you walk up to the house, sometimes the yard has a fence. And where the walkway is, there is usually a gate. And that gate separates two different places. One is, a public, one is public property and one is private property. Public and private properties can have similar features, but usually you can quickly tell the difference between the two. Now imagine going in the gate to the front door of the house. Again, we have something that separates one space from another. Now the distinctions from outside the house to inside the house are even greater and more contrasting. These words of Jesus are designed to transform the way we think. Paul said we are to set our mind on things above. Realize that in the spirit, Jesus has opened the door of heaven to, uh, to us. Um, we see this in John chapter 10. This is, something, this is something that I didn't get to last week that the Lord opened up to me even more. Go to John chapter 10, verse number 7. John 10, verse 7. Says this, John 10, verse 7. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the. <laughs> what is he? He's the door. What does a door do? <laughs> what is he? Why, why? You know, when you're going through the I am scriptures, how many quote, he is the door? <laughs> Just doesn't sound very spiritual, does it? I am the door of the sheep. Watch this. Verse 8, all who ever came before me are what? Thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Verse 9, I am the, if anyone... What do you do in a door? You enter. How am I in the kingdom? I went through the door. Why can I get to the kingdom? Because the door is open. Now, here's why I want to challenge your thought. Don't just think kingdom is when I die. Kingdom is now. Now. You're, I'm not, I'm in the kingdom. Now. Not when I get to heaven. I'll be there then too, but I'm already there. Jesus said what? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on? Well, he is the door. So he knows whether it's open or not. Doesn't he? I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And watch now. Look at this last part. Go and <laughs> and find what? Sustenance. Strength. Spiritual food. 
you can go in and why would you go in? Well, you need some supply, but you should grab some extra on your way out when you go to work so that you can give some supply. You see that? In and out, in and out. Yeah, no sense starving yourself and feeding somebody else. What good are you going to be to somebody if you're dead? You need to feed and then just get overly satisfied. I mean, you can't overeat spiritually. I'll just put it to you like that. You can do it naturally, (laughs) but you can't do it spiritually. So what? You get enough, and from there you do what? You take out, you go ahead and do what Jesus did, pick up the baskets after he fed everybody, you know, gather all the fragment, gather everything together, and then just be a blessing to somebody else. You're supposed to be full. Why? Because you can go in and out. Not everybody else can. Until you show them the door and lead them in. And even then, you're going to have to stick with them for a while to teach them how to go in and out. Right? Yeah, it just takes time. You just got to grow, you got to develop. It takes time, it takes patience. So carefully notice the language. Jesus is the door. We are able to go in and out and find pasture. All right, Hebrews chapter 4. Over to Hebrews chapter 4. I know we were in Hebrews 1 earlier, but Hebrews 4. Watch this now. More good good uh, adjectives, descriptive words, more good words that the Lord used specifically to help us think right. Hebrews 4.14. He says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has what? Through the... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our what? Confession. All right? Verse number 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come. Come. He's the door. You can come in boldly and find what? Mercy and grace. But what is this? This is pasture land. This is covenant talk. It's covenant talk. When I go over to my in-law's house, I don't ask him to go into the fridge. I just go into the fridge. You say, what? Yeah, I've been around it for 23 years. I used to ask, and then they quit, quit asking. Just go in there. Just get it. Why? Family. I can go in and out. Do you see what I'm saying? It's the same with your relationship with the Lord. You can go in and you can go out. Praise the Lord. I love it. And what do we get? One of the things we do get here, and, and you guys said it, we're, we're entering. We can come boldly before the what? Throne. Where is the Throne. It's in heaven. So when I go pray, I don't go pray. I'm not just kneeling down and in thinking in terms of, I'm thinking in terms of I'm at the throne, the mercy seat, the altar. I'm thinking about the blood that's running continually, just that now fountain that's always flowing and saying redemption, forgiveness, mercy, grace, covenant, empowerment to you. 
You are mine and I am yours. And everything that I have is yours and everything that you have is mine. I've laid it all down so that there is no dividing wall anymore. I am not separated from God. Now, I find this interesting that, that, well, depending on who you think wrote Hebrews, I'll just go with Paul at this point (laughs) because that's what I believe. But depending on who you thought wrote Hebrews, but by the Spirit of God, they made this statement. You come boldly to the throne of grace for mercy which implies to me you did something you shouldn't have. Or I did something I shouldn't have. <laughs> it yielded my flesh and did something I wasn't supposed to. But what do I do? I come for in the midst of I did something I shouldn't have. But I still I understand something about God. He's redemptive. Always. He's always got mercy on his mind. He would much rather triumph with mercy over judgment. He is long-suffering. Somebody say praise the Lord. (laughs) That's good for me and you. Jesus passed through. He opened the door. Let's look at a couple more scriptures here. Matthew 3.16. We looked at these last week, but we'll just hit them quick. When he had baptized, he had been baptized. This has to do with that same opening being open. The heavens are open. Uh, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. In other words, there was an opening in heaven. It came down from heaven. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in who I am well pleased. Uh, Let's go to Acts chapter 10, verse number 11. It says this, and, uh, and saw heaven, verse 11 says, Acts 10 verse 11 says, And saw heaven opened, do you see that? And an object like a great sheet bound on the four corners, what? Descending to him and let down to the earth. So this is something that came from heaven and manifested on earth. Okay, good. Praise God. So Jesus said to Nathaniel, he said, you'll see angels, what? Ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Upon the Son of Man. Let's go over to Genesis chapter 28. And while you're going there, I'm going to read the commentary on uh, John chapter 1 where Jesus said that to Nathaniel. As a Son of Man, Jesus is the living link between heaven and earth. This explains his reference to Jacob's ladder in Genesis 28. Jacob, the fugitive, thought he was alone, but God had sent the angels to guard and guide him. Christ is God's ladder between heaven and earth. No man cometh to the Father but by me, he said in John 14, 6. Often in this gospel, you will find Jesus reminding people that he came down from heaven. They're talking about the gospel of John. The Jewish people knew that the Son of Man was a name for their Messiah. So Jesus, in almost every commentary will tell you this, when he's talking to Nathaniel, he's referring to Jacob's ladder. That's the reference ties directly back and forth. So let's go to Genesis 28, verse uh, number uh, 23. Go to verse number 23. 
I'm not going to read all the way through this. Nope, nope, I'm sorry. Go to verse 10. That's where I want to be, verse 10. Sorry about that. Genesis 28, verse number 10. So if we do a little background here, what do we know? This is Jacob and Esau, right? All right? What do we know about Jacob and Esau? They were twins, correct? Both in the womb at the same time. What did God call them in the womb? Two nations. This is why abortion is so horrible. See, God doesn't just see you. He doesn't just see the one. He sees every seed out of those ones out into the future. We'll see it here in just a minute. But two what? Nations. Two nations. All right. Genesis 28 verse 10. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he laid down uh, in that place to sleep. Verse 12. Then he did what? He dreamed. Okay, this is a dream. How many know God speaks through dreams? And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth. Where was it set up? And its top reached... Come on, get it in your mind. This is a what? A ladder. Where is this ladder? It's invisible to your natural eye, but it's very visible to your spiritual eye. And it goes from where? Earth to... Okay, the, how many know this? Remember the song, Stairway to Heaven? This is not it. <laughs> That's just a drug-induced something or other. But this, <laughs> this is really Jesus is the... Now, what's interesting about this word... Okay, let's, let's finish the verse here in verse 12. And there the angels of God were what? Does that remind you of anything that we just read in John chapter 1? Jesus said, the angels that you shall, Nathaniel, you shall see the angels of heaven, what? Uh, and descend on the Son of Man. Now, yes, they're coming to earth. We, we realize that. But on the Son of Man, that's important. So what is the ladder? The ladder is the Son of Man. It's Jesus Christ. Or we could say the Word of God. God. Now, I'm going to tie this all back. We're not going to be able to get into all of it tonight, but I'm going to tie this all back next week into what that means. The angels are still ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. I'll just give you a little hint. Christ is the head. You're the body. So what are they ascending on? The Word. Because Christ, the, the, Christ is the word. They're, they're inseparable. And so here it's the same way. So why this is so important is because we have promises that are given to us that are the what? The word of God. And so when we speak the Christ out of our mouth, that have, that have been the words of God, the Christ, he is the Christ, he is the word, he's the word. When we take the promises that are in the covenant and we begin to speak them out of our mouth, what goes into action? Angels, they hear that word, and I'm going to prove it to you out of Psalms 103 one of these days. But, but, but they, we, they hear that word, and what do they do? They are mighty angels who work quickly to begin to operate or manifest what you've spoken out of a heart of faith. 
Which, by the way, you received that faith from the Word. You didn't even have to conjure it up yourself. (laughs) And you begin to speak it, and the angels go, spread wings and go. And the Scripture calls them mighty. Boy, I got excited studying this today. They're ascending and descending on this ladder. Ladder means ladder, but it means staircase. Staircase. That means angels are walking what? Come on, think about your staircase at home. Your stairs. You go down into the basement, you're in a different room. You go back upstairs, you're in a... And even inside that house, there are doors into other... Why is it that way? It's how it is in the Spirit. It's simple, guys. Don't even complicate it. You know, people are sometimes like, I'm trying to see, you know, over into the realms. This is it right here. It's just like that. Do you think anything down here is, other than the fact that everything's dying around here because of sin, it's all still similar to what's the reality of the unseen. It's all similar. This is just the dead version. I remember driving around with my father-in-law after I, I think, pretty much first got saved. He wasn't my father-in-law then. But we were driving um, to a job to do some work and stuff like that, and we were driving on the highway, and we came over a hill or something like that, and I think the sun was just coming up, and we're looking around, and he said, Terry said, he said, look at all this, it's beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, this is great, you know, and I know very little about the Lord or anything, but I'm really excited about being saved and filled with the Spirit. And he said, he said, I remember this distinctly, he said, and it's all dead. And I went, oh, yeah. So if it's this good... How much gooder is it going to be? This is a staircase, and our angels are working on it. So what are we giving them to walk on? In our faith, what are we giving them? What, What words are you enacting over your kids? I don't know about yours, but mine are under the shelter of the Most High. They abide there. In fact, angels are working 24-7 around me and mine. Everywhere my faith can work, where I have jurisdiction and authority, it's operating right now. Sometimes people are like, are you sure you want to do that? I've been doing it for 23 years. Well, you might, you might have a battle. I'm in a battle. I'm in it now. The enemy, if the enemy had wanted to stop, he should have killed me when I was working for him. He had his chance. It's over. And then you can hear the enemy trying to work the what if questions. I hear him. What if? And I'm going to go back to what I always say. You're not going to scare me with heaven, devil. But people will. They'll let their minds go on a tangent. What if I die? What are my kids going to do? That's all fear. You think God can't take care of your kids? (laughs) Better than I can. 
Well, I may not be able to, they won't see, and I won't see it. Now stop that. Attack back. Fight back. It, we can have, oh, exceedingly abundantly above all that we dare ask or think if we'll stand strong. Besides that, if you're saved, you're filled with the Spirit, and you, you've done, you, you've done, you know, you've believed God the best you know how, then you're, what the legacy that you leave for your kids is one to follow. See, I got stuff to follow. And people sometimes, you know, I think sometimes they think, well, you must have had no problems in your family growing up. That's a nice thought. Yeah. <laughs> what you want, what you're, what you're, what, what I will not do is focus on what didn't work. Oh, you're, you're in denial. Um, well, kind of. It's not, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm saying I'm not going to focus on it. I realize it happened. I don't want to repeat it to my kids. And I will not hold it against my parents like they're perfect. You, you realize that if I hold against my parents what they did to me wrong, that I'm judging them and I'm guilty of the same thing? I don't even do that with my own kids. When I screw up and I know it, the Lord deals, deals with me, I go apologize to my kids. And sometimes my kids will get, especially a particular one, which I won't name right now, but they'll get so upset at me. I almost said a gender. That would have narrowed it down. That would have been bad. So there are maybe one of the children is more like me than the other. This is possible, right? So naturally, we could possibly rub each other the wrong way, right? But here's the thing. Until they're out of my house, I'm the kingpin. And I run the roost. I mean, you know, the wife's the neck, so the head, you know. But, but you understand how it goes. But see, I still, the buck does stop here. Why? Because I've got to give an account for it, okay? So it's not because I need power. It's because the Lord appointed me as the head of the house. So then that's what I am. And I am, I'm commissioned to love the way Christ did. And Christ wasn't just squishy all the time. He had a backbone, amen? He wasn't, he wasn't just, a, 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 just a wet noodle all the time. Oh, I'm just going to walk in love. Let them do whatever they want. That's not how he was. He stood up when it was time to stand up. Now, if it's not time, you don't need to enforce something that's unnecessary. But if it's time, it's time. And so this particular child of mine, who will remain nameless, Oh, Dad, you just frustrate me. I said, well, you'll get your chance when you're a parent. You say, you're going to, according to the social and so psychologist, you're going to screw your kids up. Nope. They have a real view of who I am and my relationship with God and how it operates. They know I make mistakes, but they also have watched me kick the devil's butt in faith. And they will have fight in them before it's all said and done. And they will go on and do greater things than me because it's commissioned. And I won't put up with all the other junk. I won't let them do what I did, Dale. It's not happening. They're not going to do what I did. You say, why? Not because I'm better than anybody that was before me, but I see these scriptures. The Lord showed me these principles. All I have to do is follow them. You say, you never have a challenge. You never have an issue. Oh, are you kidding? Plenty of them. Well, how come you don't just 
you know, how come you're not, they're not overly, they're not just burying you in your emotion because I don't live by my emotion. Well, you never get hurt. My kids have hurt me. Come on, whose kids have ever hurt them? You, I'm talking about their feeling, your feelings. Come on. Everybody has had that. I don't live by my feelings. And besides that, kids don't always know. They just don't know, you know? And so sometimes we just, you know, as parents, we walk in love and we go on and we give them grace and mercy, amen? I didn't see what time it was. It's a slash angel parenting fear-free conference that we're having right here. <laughs> but my, I guess my point is this. We can believe God, we can follow his word, and as we do, even in parenting and everything else, angels watch over our kids. They function, they, they, they're going based on our faith and the speaking of the word of God. I plead the blood of Jesus over the vehicles that are in my house. I thank you, Father, that they're under covenant, that your angels are protecting my kids as they drive. They're protecting my spouse, they're protecting me. They're watching out. They make me aware. Even if I'm not paying attention, they make me pay attention so that I don't do something to cause an accident. Yeah. Or even, even if, it, if, you know, if it's a, a stupid thing or even if it's just a, I just didn't know. I didn't see it. You know, how many know we're human? But we can be in fellowship with the Lord. He can get past that humanity of us and go, hey, pay attention. I'll tell you this last testimony as we close. Uh, years ago, Kylie, we were, she was doing some, uh, uh, she was cutting something for Heidi in the kitchen for dinner, and she had a, a like a, a steak knife or some sort of knife like that, real sharp. It wasn't a butter knife. And she had the cutting board there, and she cut the stuff, and she got done, and she picked up the cutting board like this and went to turn. And right as she was about to do it, the Holy Spirit said, turn the knife blade in. She turned the knife blade in like this, and Taylor walked right by and it would have caught her right in the eye. And Kylie had the presence of mind not only to hear and, and, and was aware, heard and did it, but then also afterwards she said, the Lord said to me, turn the knife in. What do I know that if she never, that, that is in her, if I, were to, uh, uh, if, if I were to mess everything up from this day forward, she knows the voice of who? Him. And she'll follow him. And I tell my kids, if you see me do it wrong, you know it was stupid. Follow the Lord. Don't follow me. <laughs> you say, how can you be so honest? Let me help you with something. Your kids already know your faults. They already do. They do. Even if they can't peg it, pinpoint it directly, they know what they are. They know they're there. You might as well just be open. I mean, you've got to use some reason here. But you might as well be open with them and go, Oh, I missed it. You know, Dad missed it on that one. Should have followed the Lord. That was stupid. Amen? I even had Caleb Hill do it to me one day. <laughs> we were, we got a, uh, when we bought our vehicle that we have now, the Durango, I bought a warranty with it. And uh, shortly after, I just felt like I should buy the warranty. And uh, after, after, I don't know how long we had it, but we had something go wrong. We had to use the warranty. I mean, it saved us tons of money. Nothing wrong with having a warranty, amen? And so when I said that and shared that story, Caleb goes, oh, you weren't led on when you bought the car, huh? <laughs> now, if I was insecure, I could go, I could say, 
You little snot-nosed kid. I've been walking with the Lord for this long. Or I could go, hey, his dad's teaching him how to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know? Besides that, he's young. (laughs) Amen? All right, praise God. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We receive it. We thank you for, Lord, that you are Christ is the ladder and that angels are working on our behalf right now. We expect and are uh, aware of the fact and expect that the word is being manifested and worked out in our lives. Promises are coming to pass with the help of the angels that you've stationed to be with us and operate on our behalf. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, God bless you guys. We'll catch you Sunday night live stream or Sunday day live stream. And we'll see you guys Sunday. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.